Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and today, well, it's an exciting day for me because we're up to, to step two in building a brand out of personal development, and that's why you've invested yourself and your money, your hard-earned, hard-won money in a, a coaching. So, Inner Wealth builds a brand around your identity, your personality, your character, your spirituality, your life balance, your model of thinking, your way of operating, your style of engagement. It builds a brand around that. And that brand differentiates you. The, the majority of the population um, struggle day after day after day with how they're going to integrate with the rest of humanity. And uh, and that really leads to a secondary problem. And the secondary problem is the word I. How am I feeling? What am I doing? Where, where am I going? And when the focus turns inward, we turn ourselves into like um, implosive. Uh, it's not expansive. So there is a necessity to feel good, the necessity to um, feel good in terms of emotional, spiritual, mental, and these sense of self feelings are, are, are important, but they're just one of the seven aspects of brand, because the rest of the aspects of brand are about others. So we've defined, um, and we're going to work on the self uh, and the feelings that are within ourselves uh, as we go along. And we can't really separate them from others, can we? Because if I was to say, it doesn't matter how I feel, this is what I deliver to others, I would be called, in some senses, inauthentic. Uh, at the same token, if I only say this is how I feel and this is all I care about, how do I feel? How do I? How does it affect me? How does this worry about me? Then I become an implosive human being, a, a, a blood-sucking uh, vampire that sucks energy out of everything I do in order to fulfil myself. So this is also uh, tantamount to being um, a catastrophe in life. Self-development is meant to harmonize the two sides, the eastern, the eastern side and the western side. And that's what I've mastered with the teachings in Inner Wealth. I've been able to bring both the east and west together so that we both feel good and we feel, self feel authentic in ourselves and we deliver to others what they want. I've aligned the two. And that's a, a spectacular achievement. Most of the talk around this topic has a bent. It bends towards the east or it bends towards the west. It, it's either Americanized in as much as it's all about achievement and money and wealth and materialization of the ego, which is really important or it's easternized um, uh, in terms of the Asian culture in, in, in yogic or meditative or um, self-healing or self-awareness uh, language. And we become either Buddhist-y, self-focused self hu human beings, or we become all um, religious-y, such as uh, um, Hindu or, or whatever. We become externalized into being worrying about what others think and what we can do with our lives and how much money we can make and how quickly we can do it. And I think separating those two things has been uh, a big mistake of the human development industry for a very long time, we, we, especially in corporate training. I think one of the big things about corporate training is it's either gone to mindfulness, which is about me, 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 or 
gone to the other version of mindfulness, which is about you, 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 because, you know, we don't want other people getting upset. We have this ridiculous notion of a 360-degree feedback loop, which is how do you make other people feel? And even if those other people are self-absorbed, if the other people, if if you're dealing with self-absorbed people and you, you can't make them feel good, they're going to give you a bad score. But maybe the problem is their self-absorption. Maybe their problem is their emotional pain. Maybe their problem is their lack of inspiration. Maybe their problem is their lack of motivation. And now their problem becomes your problem because you've got to make them feel good. So this notion in the corporate world, and it's gone global, of 360-degree feedback or worrying about what people, peers, and even uh, your direct report uh, thinks of you is just a ridiculous notion of good business leadership, good brand. And as soon as you buy into it, you're finished. You're, you're a sucker to an employer, you're a sucker to a job, and you're going to feel, in some senses, disengaged, disengaged from the self or disengaged from the achievements that you are trying to manifest. There's a, a lack of alignment. Today, we're talking about helicopter mindset. And the reason we're talking about this is because it's the one thing that gives you the opportunity to see where you're going in both directions, both as an internal feeling and as an external manifestation. And the way we do it is you've seen the inner wealth consciousness cone, I'm sure. And if you haven't, go on the uh, inner wealth blog and you'll find it. But the inner wealth consciousness cone basically divides the human condition into seven levels. There's seven levels of human being. There's a got-to level of being. There's a should level of being. There's a need-to level of being. There's a, uh, a want-to level of being. There's a desire-to level, a choose-to level, and a love-to level of human being. And they're all important. So nobody's saying one is one is unnecessary. Nobody's saying one is necessary. What we what we're driving at here, there are seven levels of human being, and to engage one as a priority over all the rest is a big mistake. What we need to do is to be able to satisfy them all. Now, if we don't engage the gotus and the shoulds, the foundation principles of life, we become destabilized. We become emotionally. Are vulnerable and we blow like the wind. We just, uh, how do I feel? How do I feel? How do I feel? How do I feel? In the converse, if we only engage the got to should levels of life, which is the materialization of things, got a relationship, got a got a house, got a car, got a got a got a uh, I don't know, got a job, got a bank account. If we only engage that thing, we engage the external, which is the very uh, materialized, egocentric, emotional, emotionally um, I don't know, corrupt uh, levels of life. But there is no sense of achievement, fulfillment, and all the other lovely words that we like to use post. Uh, midlife crisis. So, what we're what we're what we're talking about here is a balance, aren't we? We're talking about balance between the internal experience of life, which is inspiration, internal, and the external experience of life, which is called motivation. So, we're trying to balance them both and have them both work together. And this is not easy from the level at which we're operating. So let's just say, as, as Einstein has quite rightly said, you never solve a problem at the level at which the problem was created. You have to rise above the problem. So in rising above ourselves, 
is why I model everything um, and why I put the consciousness cone and give you seven levels of human being to look from is to be able to say, where am I at? So in other words, you, you see yourself in that model and then step out of the model into what would, we, we could call an observer position or a position of uh, what's commonly called in sport analogies, the professor stepping out of the monkey. And we step away from ourselves and go, where am I at? Am I absorbed in got to every day? Got to, got to, got to, got to, got to have, got to get, got to go, got to gee, got to gee, got to go, got to go. Or, and, or I should, I should, I should, I should, I shouldn't, I should, I should, I shouldn't, I should, I shouldn't, which is all of the ego wrapped up in life, which is fine, because that's going to materialize things, going to get you what you want, it's going to drive you, motivate you, it's going to give you all the things you want externally. The unfortunate part about this gotta, 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 and the shoulda, 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 and the uh, neater, 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 the unfortunate part about that addiction is it's disqualified the whole internal process of being connected, of being engaged, of being uh, inspired, of feeling uh, fulfilled, of feeling acknowledged, of feeling um, confident, of feeling all the things that are really important in order to sustain the external motivation. So the inspiration's on the inside, the motivation's on the outside. And if we're only in a motivational state driving towards our end goal, what we could be doing is causing ourselves cancer, causing ourselves depression, causing ourselves mental health problems, getting addicted to the things that substitute for the inspiration on the inside, such as uh, food, getting addicted to sex, getting addicted to substitutes like greed, and getting addicted to spirituality in order to survive a life in which we are not inspired, but we are motivated. So the reason we create this consciousness cone and we have that planted firmly on our desk so we all remember it is to be able to observe ourselves and this is called the helicopter mindset. The helicopter mindset is also, once we get used to that observer viewpoint, which is in another language um, separate, we're also able to take any situation we're in and run it through a script, run it through a process and that process is called the emotional shower. Now, the emotional shower has it, 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 some people thinking at a very early entry level to self-development think the emotional shower is to shower off your emotion. We call it pig poo boots to to get rid of the work the work stuff that's accumulated the emotions and feelings and thoughts and other people's energy. So we don't drag shit into the house and and permeate our whole home with our work toilet. But the fact of the matter is. The emotional shower has a bigger reason and a bigger purpose in life. And the bigger purpose it has is that anything you do an emotional shower well on elevates you away from that thing so that you can observe it from on high. Now, you can't manage anything you're in. We know that for a fact. So if you're in a situation, let's say you're doing a project for somebody and you're working really hard on that thing and you need to lead that project, there's no way you can do it while you're doing it. You're in it. So trying to lead yourself is like trying to smell your own farts. It's, 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 you kind of like get used to them after a while, after 15 seconds, they say. And next thing you know, you can't, you can't detect what's going on. And people walk in the room and go, whoa, what's that? And you go, I, I have no idea. What are you talking about? And, of course, you've got used to it after 15 seconds. And after about 15 minutes working at your own in, intensity on a job you're working on, you get used to the to – the, 
the, to the corruption or the disruption or the, the model that you're working on, and there's no sense of objectivity to it. And that's what a leader does to you. So your boss is meant to be objective in observing you do your work and tell you, look, you could do it a bit here, you could do a bit there, yada, you know, yada, yada, and give you some feedback that helps you do your work better. So uh, we need to be able to self-lead because we, we want to build a brand out of ourselves. We don't want to build a brand out of something that someone else uh, at work dictates to us. So building a brand out of your self-development means that you must be able to, on a regular basis, helicopter view yourself. But not only you in the consciousness cone, but anything you're working on, because anything you're working on that you have a lopsided perception of will stress you. If you have the perception that doing a great job on this particular project is going to be all good, then you're going to get a big surprise and a big shock and a big disappointment. And that's not leadership. Leaders aren't surprised. Leaders never get shocked. Leaders never go into risks that they don't see the downside and the upside of. So Great self-leadership and great management of a project means that you've done an emotional shower on that project, which means you're in charge of you. So there's sort of like a separation, the observer and the doer. Now, as I said, uh, many people talk about the benefit of an emotional shower being to clean off the pig poo boots at the end of the day. And that's early entry point. That's a great point to start doing emotional showers. But for those people, and there are some, who have continued to do them past the point where that process of emotional showering on the way home from work becomes automated in the, in the back of the brain, they continue to do it on every project, every person, every disruption that comes to them, they run it through a four-column process. And I have some clients who've got thousands and thousands of note pages in notebooks that they do four-column emotional showers on things all day, every day. Because what they're trying to do is stay above the problem. And they're therefore, they're building a brand out of their leadership. They're building a brand out of their, uh, out of their overview view, uh, position. They're building a brand out of being able to, to see the fog, uh, uh, see the, the, the forest through the trees. They're being able to see order in the chaos where other people are traumatized trying to fix things. They rise above it and see the balance. And then they approach things with a, a more uh, higher level of their brain, a more calm disposition, and they approach things with a far more efficient way of delivering the result. That's a competitive process. That's a competitive advantage. And that is different to the masses. The hard thing about this is, of course, is that all boats rise with the tide and the masses are going along. And if we be different, we suddenly feel like we might be doing the wrong thing. But self-development will never be defined in my language as the wrong thing unless you do self-development on a one-sided polarised uh, teacher teaching which means a Buddhist person teaching you about the internal feeling process or an ego person teaching you about manifestation and how to sell and maintain and build a business without feeling the connection and the deep inner spiritual awakening that comes from self-development. So they've both got to work hand in hand together. And that's the miracle, the miracle of working with the inner wealth process. Everything is about linking East and West. Nothing separate. Everything's engaged, so we move forward at a constancy. 
the helicopter mindset is probably, I think, if 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 uh, Wake Inspired is foundation leg number one on building a brand about a, a brand you, which means you can be trusted to turn up every day in a in a great state, and you don't come to work seeking to be inspired. You're already inspired before you get to work. That is leg number one. If 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 there is a second leg and a second uh, point to this uh, to this uh, foundation, it has to be the ability at any time to step out of what you're doing, step back from it, see the balance in it, separate yourself from the emotion from it, see the overview, and then step back in and become functional within it. So the helicopter mindset means uh, you never stop rising. Now, I started this work with Inner Wealth and using the universal laws 40 years ago. I am still to this day applying the emotional shower to topics on this planet. I have still, uh, I've probably done 20 a day for 40 years, work out the numbers, and I'm still shocked at things that catch me that I have to step back from, elevate myself to see the balance in, therefore have a connection to on a spiritual level and also not be disrupted in my process of getting what I want. Now, we always say this and we say it frequently. Be careful that the brand you create is called brand you aligns with the outcome you want, which is brand development, brand outcomes, brand result. So, for example, you might be reading a book by uh, Deepak Chopra right now about the benefits of mindfulness or meditation. And he's just going, oh, yes, you need to meditate a couple of hours a day and you need to do your yoga and eat these vegetables and do all this thing. You go, oh, I love this guy. What you don't realize is you're building a brand and your brand is altering shape and people around you question whether you're still a Nike shoe or whether you're a Hyatt hotel. They start to question whether you're a Coca-Cola or a Fanta. They start to question where you're coming from all of a sudden as you start to swing your brand around in the reading of a Deepak Chopra book. Now, there's nothing wrong with reading a Deepak Chopra book if the the outcome of the reading aligns with the outcome that you've presented to the world and said you always wanted. Let's just say you say to the world and all the people around you, your network, I stand for achieving uh, world standard management consulting in my field, world standard management consulting in your field. And suddenly you're with a client, you're talking about vegetarianism or you're talking about veganism or you're talking about meditation or you suddenly become all peaceful with your client. And the client goes, you know, where's Freddie gone? <laughs> Where's Freddie gone? Freddie's different. And Freddie's not different. He just read a or she has just read a book. And the book is telling Freddie to act different. And now suddenly the action and the behavior doesn't align totally with the outcome. Not necessarily uh, uh, doesn't align with the outcome, but it doesn't align with the outcome stated to the particular person that is delivering um, the results we want. So, for example, if we've got clients and we're management consulting and we're delivering to that client a strong, stable um, core of business acumen that causes the result they want to come true and we deliver that acumen in a concise, summarised, accurate way with validation and proof. 
And all of a sudden, we start being all peaceful and calm and being a little less accurate, a little less uh, stoic, a little less mindful about how we deliver information. We become more emotive and a little more soft and a little more fluffy. All of a sudden, we swing our brand. Now the question is going to be to the client who is the beneficiary of our brand as to whether this brand, the new brand, is A, going to get them what they want and, and that may be uh, complete harmony, or whether the shift of brand is tolerable. Um, everybody knows the story, and for the, for the danger of um, bore, boring you, I, I, I will repeat it. Coca-Cola introduced uh, a new design of label. They introduced, uh, I think it was uh, uh, sugar-free Coke or Coke-free Coke or whatever it was, and they changed the colour of the can, they changed the label, they changed a few things, and suddenly the market valuation of Coke went in a, in a nosedive down. And after thousands and thousands, millions of dollars of research, they launched this product and it totally screwed up. And the reason it screwed up is because they went off brand. And, it, and they, from their point of view, they did the right thing. But from the consumer's point of view, it was just un, unimaginable. So Coca-Cola over the last 30 years supposedly have changed the logo on, on the can of Coke or on the bottle of Coke. They've changed it thousands of times. But the iterative process is, is, is being changed in a way it's unrecognisable to the consumer. So the consumer doesn't know that the, 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 the word Coke written on the side of the can is actually written differently now. But it took hundreds of micro steps to shift it in a way that didn't disrupt the consumer's trust that in the can was a cold, sugary, caffeine-filled um, uh, drink that r really sparked up the uh, sense of emotions and sparked up the sense of enjoyment and fun in life and made people fat. That is what they wanted. That is what Coke delivers. And Coke have to be careful they don't go off-pissed. So... When we start to read books and we start to read things and start to develop a sense of, oh, I could do this and I could do that, we have to be careful whether we're actually refining the process of being the East, which is the how do I feel, uh, how does it, uh, does it make, does it give me a sense of a spiritual energy, does it give me more love for life, does it give me more, what, what, how does it make me feel? or whether we're attacking the very thing that we're building by shifting brand and, and suddenly we appear different. Suddenly we, 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 we've moved and the clients or the people, the beneficiary of our brand go, what the name of goodness gracious is going on? One of the things I talk about a lot when I talk with clients is the impact of personal development, the impact of coaching on a spouse. So... If, if somebody comes to me, I do a 30-day challenge, and a 30-day challenge is quite a long time to do the amount of work that I do in 30 days. It used to be a three-day weekend workshop or a two-day weekend workshop. In two days, I would do what I do now in 30 days, but it would be a live-in type environment. Now, over 30 days, there's gradual changes that take place. By the end of 30 days, the, a spouse has usually going, where the hell is the person I knew before? Now, 
everything has improved. That person uh, has done the 30-day challenge, has become healthier, they've lost weight, they're more inspired, they've got a new vision, they're not caught up in their emotions, they've processed some of their judgments, they've moved out of their old belief, they've left go of the past, they've moved into the future. Everything that you would think a partner would want has transpired. But what has also happened is a lot of the familiarity that a partner had with their spouse, a lot of the familiarity that the spouse had with my client has disappeared. The old strings that they could pull, the old games they could play, the old comfort zone that they had, the old familiarity has moved. Now, outcome Well, from my client's point of view, it's perfect. 30 days, they've shifted their whole, uh, they've rebranded themselves and shifted their whole gear from from fourth gear to fifth gear and they're uh, on a roll. To the spouse who wanted their partner to come to me and do a 30-day challenge, because their partner was stressed or upset or getting depressed or getting frustrated or or needing to rebrand themselves, to them suddenly they've lost control and they've lost control over something they wanted to lose control over but now they're in a discomfort so you can see even on a micro level how shifting brand can impact the beneficiary of brand because our partner in life is the beneficiary of our brand our partner in life is the beneficiary of our personal development when we're talking about the materialized ego got to should need to world that the beneficiary of that is our spouse, as well as our clients and our kids. So recognizing how important it is to uh, firstly own everything we do, in other words, bring it internal, make sure that we own it, that it it has impacted us in a way that inspires us. But secondly, make sure that there is an alignment between the uh, ego, the external externality, the materiality of our branding, the way it presents itself, there's a link between that and the outcome we promised people to deliver them and therefore we don't break trust. And, and managing the balance of change, personal change, is both an internal thing, our own expectation of ourselves, and that is the inspiration, the, the uh, want to, uh, uh, desire to choose to love to area of life, that's that part, and the external factor, which is the manifestation process, which is the got to, should, need to, and touching right up there into the top end of Maslow's hierarchy, self-actualization in the want to area of life. So I hope this podcast has today introduced you to the second part of branding um, out of personal development, building your inner wealth. Inner wealth means the internal, the east, how do I feel, and the west, What is the benefit to others of this brand that I build called me? This is Chris Walker. You have a great day. Bye for now.